Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me Radio. It is Saturday, May 9th, 2020, and this is the Nerdy Deep Dive, all about the Toy Story world. My name is Megan, and I am here with my guest co-host for the day, um, a person that goes by my very own same name. What's up, Megan? Hello. I'm glad that you have it for, that had the name first, because it means you're older. This is true. Thankfully, your mom didn't name you Megan after me. No, thankfully. That would never have happened. (laughs) The blows are coming early tonight. You know, it's Saturday. We're relaxed. It's bound to happen. And plus, we're talking about Toy Story. Now, I feel like out of all of the animated show animated movies that happened besides like the lion king and the older ones special place for toy story in a lot of people's hearts um and so that's one of the reasons why i wanted to talk about it but why did you specifically megan want to talk about the world of toy story i think that the fact that there's been four of them over such a long period of time really does showcase what you said in that people love the world, but also that the world is so well created that we can stand to watch four movies about talking toys. And I just think it's got the best characters. That's always what I think is the most important in a storyline. It's got great characters. It's got great world building. It's just got so much to say. And it teaches us a lot about our adulthood, but we can talk more about that later. Yeah, no, just to build on what you said, I think, agreed, I think that in terms of the world in which it's created and also the emotion of it, like, I have cried multiple times from Toy Story movies because there's something that is just easy to connect, and I don't know if it's nostalgia tied to toys or childhood or just the amazing characters or how it's written, but there is something about the Toy Story movies that does pull on the harsh heartstrings and people get really emotional about it. And I think it's been too And and so and there's a lot of life lessons. I honestly think that with Toy Story, just like with Sesame Street, um, and other kind of shows that teach you how to be a friend or how to handle change or how to um navigate not being the best all the time. I think that Toy huh. Story does lay down those foundations for the things that they learned for sure. I think it does. Now, I'm going to go a little even, sorry, I'm going to go even a little psychological here. 
in that um, the fact that they are toys and they're hidden from the human world, I think, allows us to be even more emotionally open to them because we do feel like we hide ourselves, too. And so I just mm-hmm. think there are a whole lot of ways that we are able to connect ourselves to these characters psychologically, like that we're aware of, or maybe that we're not even aware of. And that's why we care so much. And I think toys are just, toys in general, outside of just the movie, are something that is very warm to you. Like, what was your favorite toy growing up? Do you have a favorite toy? Okay, honestly, I do not, and that makes me feel really sad. Um, <laughs> I was more of an imagination person. So the, what I remember more than anything is playing with, like, my set of Polly Pockets, or I made my own paper dolls. Um, yeah. Another reason that why counts. I really love – another reason why I really love number four, bringing in Sporky and, like, the unconventional toys. Anyway, Um but yeah, I just like creating stories, which I think is really can, ties me to Toy Story too, because that's how Andy really played with all of his toys as well, was just creating stories. And so I can't, well. I cannot think of a specific toy that I really liked. It was just like my groups of toys. Even like I had brat dolls. Those are the things that I remember. Those toys that like I mm-hmm. created the stories with. No one, nothing in particular. Just having fun doing that. My favorite toy was a stuffed monkey named Conky. And you have a stuffed monkey named Conky? Yes, and I had, like, my mom made, like, matching pajamas for me and Conky, um, oh, wow. which she sewed when she went through the sewing That's phase. That's so fancy. Um, <laughs> and then his, the, his butt seam burst. <laughs> and... I cried and I was so upset until my mom fixed it. But like there is, whether it's something that you made up over your imagination, play and your toys are kind of like a security thing. So I think it also pray, pray, it plays into that as well. Yes. Um, now, why do you think Toy Story movies are so good? So we talked about why we want to talk about it, but is there anything else you want to add to why Toy Story movies in specific is so good? I mean, I think that a lot of it overlaps in terms of why I want to talk about it is why I think the movies are so good. I wouldn't want to talk about them if I think that they are bad, but um, they're just, there are a lot of interesting dynamics to the storyline. And I love the different storylines that are brought in with each movie. Like they're just, the people that are writing, producing all of it, they're just so smart. And they think of these little things that like you never would have thought of, like the dynamics of in the fourth one, what about a toy that isn't a stereotypical toy or in the second one, like not every toy is a toy that's being played with. Like some toys are in museums or anything like that. Or the third one, like what is it like to have a child versus having like, a group of children, like with the preschool and the different, I just, it, every time I watch a new one, I just think that they are genius people. For sure. And I definitely think that's why I still appreciate it, partially why, other than the emotional side of it. But there's also a mental side of it, in my opinion, that I just, I, I love it. For sure. And I'd also add on, just because I have to, because I just, my brain is programmed this way, um, that 
really appreciates the political side to the world of toys. Like there's a leader, there's a favorite toy and that favorite toy can get demoted. Um, and like mm-hmm. a, a new favorite toy can come. And then you have like the toys that people own, the toys that people donate, the toys that are in nurseries, you know, like in schools. And then there's the lost mm-hmm. toys, which is like the untouchables and how those dynamics work and play out and how it feeds into fears, which we all have about our own status, about being either liked or the favorite, or am I going to have job security? You know, like all those things that we think about as humans. And then, of course, like the groups that we feel sorry for, then maybe we don't even need to feel sorry for them because maybe they're happy, Mm -hmm. but because we are like, that's the other, we kind of look down on them. So, like, there's just so many political status things are also in the movies, and it's so weird how complex you can get with animated toys, both on an emotional level and a political level and a psychological level. So, like, it, yes. they're just really good films in general. All oh, right, so I think we the recently next... – wait, wait, wait. We have to tell them this. We have recently okay. done a rewatch of all of these four movies. Um and so we have watched them very recently. I just want everybody to know that. So we do have a lot of things in our mind. Um, but adding on to this what you said, complexities of, <laughs> yeah, um, of what this, the complexities of toys and all that. Like, I think I mentioned a few times how much emotion could be in a toy's face when it wasn't even actually alive. It was still in toy mode. And so I just, the fact that they can even do that is just, there's so many things you could talk about how good it is, but I'll let you move on now. And we will probably keep coming back to these same themes just in more specifics next. So I think what we're going to do is we'll go to each individual film and talk about what we really liked, maybe something that we don't, if we can think of anything, because these these films are pretty sound, Um, and just kind of celebrate and just talk over the different lessons that are in the different movies. Um, so let's start with the first one, the, the origin story, the beginning of it all, Toy Story 1. Now, Megan, why don't you talk us through the main story points of Toy Story, Toy story 1, for those of you who have not seen it in a while. All right. So in Toy Story 1, we get our first look at Andy's group of toys as it currently is. Um, and it just so happens that it also starts on the day of Andy's birthday party, and there's this whole thing about freaking out because what new toys are going to come with the birthday party? And there does end up being a new toy who is Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Buzz Lightyear is becoming Andy's favorite toy and replacing Woody, so they are the two main characters, and Woody's getting very jealous about it. Buzz also does not realize that he's a toy. Some would say this is a plot hole. But (laughs) um, so there's a power struggle between Buzz and Woody over the dynamics of who's the favorite toy, who's the best toy, and then just the frustration of Woody being in this battle of trying to be the best toy without Buzz even realizing that it's a battle, I think is even more frustrating on some level. Um, It ends up getting them lost. They get found by a kid who 
very experimental with his toys, is what I will say. I think um, that's putting it nicely. I, I think it's putting it very nicely. He very much likes to take different parts of toys and mix them with other parts of toys and create his own creations or melt them or see all kinds of ways that he can destroy toys, um, mm-hmm. which he attempts to do, Buzz and Woody to some degree as well. Um, but they have to come together to escape from this kid's house because Andy is going to be moving and they can't miss moving with him or they'll never be back with him. And so they are able to do that. They do end up with Andy again at the end of the movie. Buzz realizes that he really is a toy and Woody was right all along. Woody comes (laughs) to accept Buzz as a member of Andy's toys and they help each other out. All the other toys eventually realize that they're also wrong. There's a lot of wrong people. And then it it's all called life. Ever after. <laughs> yes, it, it, it wraps up very nice. I think in terms of this film, I remember just feeling so guilty about my birthday. Like, because you know how, like, oftentimes you're like, what if this is actually a real thing? So every time I had a birthday, so all smart. the time. Seriously. All of my toys were anxiety. Poor Conky. Just constantly <laughs> waiting for it. Um, yeah. But, but it also leads to, like, what happens when you get donated or what do you, what happens if you're lost? Like, the idea of any kind of change will lead to bad things happening is kind of, like, mm-hmm. a theme that runs through all four movies, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yes. And in terms of... Randy Newman is in charge of the soundtrack, and Randy Newman is a great musician outside of Toy Story, but the music for Toy Story is on point, wouldn't you say? I would, especially with Toy Story 1, um, I do have to give a shout out to the one song, When She Loved Me, in Toy Story 2, but I think outside of that song, the Toy Story 1 soundtrack is the only one that I really noticed when I watch the movies, but it's really interesting because the songs are written from the perspective of the characters. And yes. It performs them from the perspective of the characters, but it's not a musical. Yeah. But it kind of is. I don't know how to explain it. It's like this weird hybrid, no. and I love that. I mean, I am into musicals, um, but I just love when the music is so beautifully tied to the scenes, and how can it not be beautifully tied to the scenes when it's literally written for the scene. For sure. And I think that's honestly why picking Randy Newman to be the person who did it was fantastic. Because if you don't know anything about Randy Newman, he often, outside of movies, before he even started writing things for movies, he always wrote not from his perspective, but from other people's perspective. So he has a whole album where he writes from the perspective of a white supremacist. If you listen to the songs yeah. isolated, you will think that Randy Newman is the biggest racist in the world. But <laughs> the reason he does it, the reason he does it is is because he's trying to showcase the real reasons why people are racist, and so that we can address those mm-hmm. things, so that people can stop being racist. So he has, in terms of like his music, he always gets into people's heads, and I think because of that it makes the music even better because I agree. It does come from the perspective of the characters and it just makes it 
like you said, feel like a musical, even though it's not a musical, because the music is and just think, as intimate as. Yeah, yeah, and I think the fact that, I mean, Randy Newman has done the music for all four movies, and the main characters have had the same voices through all four movies, and I think that that helps make Toy Story such a great universe as well. Because sorry, because they're not changing things all the time it has stayed very consistent and I think with that you're really able to explore the characters the way that they deserve to be explored because there's some continuity there for sure um and in case you want to look up that white supremacy album it's called good old boys um but yes Randy Newman is is awesome and the songs are brilliant all right Mm -hmm. any other things for Toy Story 1 I mean, it's a classic. I feel like we need to talk about this one the least because everybody's seen it so many times, probably. Because <laughs> it is the end all and be all of. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's just it's it's a classic. Um, all right. So, Toy Story two. What I enjoyed about Toy Story two is that you did get a look at Woody's Toy Story, like his actual story of him being a toy, mm-hmm. why he existed when he was produced. Um, and so the idea of meeting of find, him, finding that story and kind of having a purpose, because the whole thing with Woody is, is every single movie, his purpose is being questioned or being shifted. Um, mm-hmm. And he either has to accept it or, or fight it or something else. Um, do you want to lay out the story of Toy Story 2? Sure, I'm a great person at synopsises. You is are. It synopsises or synopsis? I don't know what the plural synopsis is. <laughs> Toy Story any Two. Word. Um, anywhere. Toy Story Two. Woody actually ends up um, getting, I don't know if injured or broken is the appropriate term. His arm gets ripped. And so he's not able to go to camp with Andy, cowboy camp, like he was planning on doing. And he gets put up on the shelf with all the toys that haven't been played with in a long time because they've been broken. Um, And long story short, he ends up ending in a garage sale where this toy store owner ends up buying him or actually stealing him after attempting to buy him. And he takes him back to his place. And this toy store owner has actually been collecting all of the dolls from a really old TV show called Woody's Roundup. And that's why Woody is a toy that has a speaking box and all this whole story because he had a whole TV show. He has a whole gang of toys that go along with him from this TV show. And I want to interject here that I think it's really interesting because that was always Buzz's thing buzz had his tv show buzz was an interesting thing outside of the toys and so woody finally getting that i did enjoy that like you said mm-hmm. and from there the other toys are trying to save woody again but woody has to decide if he wants to go back to andy and be andy's toy even though he's broken and he's not sure what that future holds or if he wants to continue to stay with this group who are going to be donated to a toy museum in Tokyo. 
And from there, they'll be able to be out of the storage that they've been in for a long time, and they'll be able to be looked at and admired by all of these different people. Mm -hmm. And he does decide that he's going to go with them until his other toys meet up with him finally to rescue him, and he sees the truth. And the reason that he thinks being a toy is important, which is, being there for the kid that you're supposed to be there for. And so yeah, he that sense of loyalty. To, that sense of loyalty. And he attempts to take the others from, that he's just met and take them back to Andy in the hopes that Andy will play with all of them as well. We find out that one of those others, who is the prospector Stinky Pete, is very against this plan, and he definitely wants to go to Japan and take everybody with him. He has Mm -hmm. always been inside a box. They thought he was an unboxed toy, but that ends up being a lie as he tries to foil the plot to go back to Andy. They end up actually making it. They don't get on the airplane. They get everybody out, and they do go back to Andy, and Andy ends up adopting all of them in the end. Which is sweet. I do have to say, because he did not get adopted by Andy. He gets put with a girl who is maybe comparable to Sid in the way that she treats toys. Let's be honest. She's a bit rough. I think that's a bit creative. (laughs) I think what is always amazing is the amount of anxiety that all these toys feel all the time. Like, Uh I think Toy Story is actually a story of anxiety. I mean, like, it is the perfect story for millennials. That's why we like it. I think so, too, because I think it really fits into this idea of just I'm not perfect anymore. So because I'm not perfect well, anymore, Andy's not going to love me. Or I'm not going to have a Where do you belong? Where are you supposed to do? Yeah. It's really rich in the story. Um, all right. Are we ready for Toy Story 3? I think so, yeah. Let's keep trucking along. I think Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3, and I think, Megan, you said this before, and I agree with you 100%. It has lead me to this inability to trust incredibly nice people who greet me with a semi-Southern accent. Toy Story 4 goes into it, too. Not with this, I mean, maybe you can give Gabby Gabby a Southern accent a little bit, too. But, yeah. The villains of all three movies, other excluding the first, but the other three movies start out being very friendly. Yes, and then they and end up not being. But that's a millennial issue, too. Millennials do have that issue where we do not trust people that are nice. Let's be honest. This is true. Especially apparently from the South. <laughs> because Stinky <laughs> Pete was also Southern, and so is Lotso. Um, so I can take the synopsis for Toy Story 3 if you want, and then you can tell me if I did a good job. Okay, go for it. Try. So basically, a bunch of toys were set to be donated because they were cleaning out the house. Now Andy's a bit of a teenager, right? He's like 16-ish. He is, no, he is on his way to college. He's leaving for college. Right. On his way to college. And so... Woody, trying to save the toys that are being donated, um, got himself into a bit of a predicament, and those toys went to a school 
as a donation. And upon getting to this school, they meet Lotso, a huggable southern drawl duck Strawberry animal. scented. Yeah, which never trust strawberry scented. Um, <laughs> and greets them and tells them the way of the world. Um, Ken is there um, as well. And it turns out Lotso is not telling the whole truth about the situation and that there's different levels at the school and Woody and the gang are in this school, in this particular room that the kids are horrible and treat them nasty and break things. And they're just brutish because they're the younger kids. Whereas Lotso and his gang um, get all sorts of perks. Um, They're treated better. And so therefore he is not the trustworthy part. What am I forgetting? Nothing other than Woody does not know this because Woody leaves the toys before they find this out. Woody is the only one who's attempting to make it back to Andy. Um, and then eventually it, the, the truth comes out. They try to run away. They get into massive amounts of trouble. It looks like they're all going to die. Um, they end up not dying. Um, and then they get back to Andy. But Andy, uh, because he's going off to college, decides he is going to donate the kids. But they take the kids to a very lovely, very, very nice girl named Bonnie. And there was a beautiful emotional scene at the end where Andy is playing with Bonnie with his toys that made everyone cry, I feel like. Or at least misguided or their heart warmed. That because scene and the claw scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those two scenes I think brought about a lot of emotion. And in terms of like just not thinking about Toy Story four for a moment. Toy Story three ended very well. Like it, there was a lot of co- closure. If there wasn't a Toy Story four, I feel like most of us would have been okay. I can agree with that. Because it, it just it was a nice wrap up. Like all the toys are together, Everyone and there thought was... it was the end. Yes. Yes. Um, until oh, several years know. later. Yeah. Yes. Where we get Toy Story Four. Which I want to point out that Toy Story Three also came a lot of years later. Yes, it did. But yes, Toy Story Four. A few more years later. And uprooted the whole thing. Definitely changed the script, for sure. Um, So, do you want to tell us about Toy Story 4? I can talk about Toy Story 4. Um, Toy Story 4, obviously, is dealing with the toys as they deal with their new owner, Bonnie. Owner sounds weird to say, but I guess that's the truth. Um. Woody is obviously is not a favorite toy with Bonnie. She doesn't play with him a lot. Um, he does not have the same connection to her that he had to Andy, but he still has a loyalty to her. And so he ends up sneaking with her to her first day of kindergarten, where she, during arts and crafts time, creates a little humanoid friend toy thing out of a spork. She named him Forky because kids don't know what sporks are. And he is very important to her because she's really attaching to him to be able to cope with 
the scary parts of going to kindergarten. And Woody yeah. sees that, and Woody tries to become the protector of Forky because Forky has a lot of issues going on in the fact that he still thinks that he is trash, not a toy. Um, the whole group ends up going with Bonnie's family on a vacation, and while on vacation, Forky throws himself out the window, Woody goes to save him, and as they are heading back to Bonnie, Woody sees Bo Peep's lamp in an antique shop. And this is important because at the very beginning, there's a flashback of Bo Peep getting donated far before any of the others did and how horrible that was for Woody because he had to decide between going with her or staying with Andy. And like the loyalist that Woody is, he chose to stay with Andy, and he misses Bo Peep a lot. Um, we see that even in Toy Story 3. He mentions missing her. But so he goes in to investigate. There's a whole subplot with a toy trying to steal Woody's voice box. And Woody meets up with Bo Peep and finds out that she's been a lost toy. And pretty much what that means is that she travels from place to place, like playground to birthday party, so on and so forth, to get some playtime with a kid, but she isn't bound to anyone. She wants to explore the world and go all kinds of different places. And she's about to do that by hopping in with the carnival that's in town and just traveling with the carnival. And Woody doesn't want that life. He tries to talk her out of it. He has to get all of the gang together, the new gang together, let me say that, um, including except for Buzz. And they go to save Forky, and they want to take Forky back to Bonnie. Long mm -hmm. story short, Woody has to decide again what he's going to do. Is he going to stay with Bonnie, or is he going to go with Bo and be, quote, unquote, a lost? Toy, um, and experience life in a little bit of a different way than he's experienced before. And yeah. to his friend's dismay, slightly, he does decide to leave, um, but they do accept that, and that's kind of where it ends off. There's different roads for different toys to take. Yes, and I think it, what I really liked about the scene was that Buzz knew. <laughs> he, you know what I mean? Like, he was like, in that moment where where Woody is making that decision, Buzz kind of yeah, just, all of them. Yeah, like yeah, you're not coming with us, and that's okay. Yeah, it was sadness, but it was it was also acceptance on on everyone. Um, yes. Now, there's also some really good characters that we run into as well, like Giggles McDimples, Duke Kaboom, who I know that you enjoy. I do enjoy Duke Kaboom. Yes. Just because it's voiced by Keanu Reeves and Bunny and Ducky. I don't have a love for Keanu Reeves, but yeah. <laughs> and then, yes, Bunny and Ducky. I do also, I love all of the new characters, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> um, Bunny and Ducky are carnival toys, and they just want to be loved by somebody, and they're very funny characters. For sure. And what I wanted to bring back with Toy Story 4 before we start talking about favorites and and kind of getting specific with all these movies is that when I was talking about how there's a political standing, right? There's, there's toys who are favorited toys that are in homes, toys that get donated toys that get lost. 
And I feel like with this movie, it kind of unveils some of the stereotypes and some of the assumptions that are made about lost toys. Um, that all lost toys are sad, that they don't feel grounded, they don't do that. And it, it turns out that there are some lost toys that thrive and really find themselves. And they like being self-sufficient. And they like being self-reliant. And they like that they never have to constantly be anxious about not being the favorite or not being chosen because they can go from one place to the next. And so I really enjoyed that because I do think that this is a story of anxiety. That's how I've always thought of it. Even when I was watching it, Toy Story 1 as a kid, I was always worried about Woody because he always seemed worried about everything. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. always seemed worried about his friends. He always seemed worried about whether or not he was going to be chosen. He was worried about Andy and how he was going to end up and what he was going to do. And he took on a lot of responsibility. And you see how that responsibility flares through each movie, whether it's being worried that some new shiny toy is going to take his place or from Toy Story 2, the fact that he gets a rip on his arm what does that mean for him and how he's going to help Andy and that he's useless? And then Toy Story mm-hmm. 3 is about the fact that Andy doesn't need him anymore because he's older and he's moving on to college and he's going into a different phase of his life that Woody and the rest of the toys are not supposed to go with. Like, I don't have Clonky mm-hmm. anymore, although I do love Clonky. Um, <laughs> and then I'm, I'm a- Toy Story... That- Go ahead. And then with Toy Story 4, it just feels like he stops. He realizes that he has to change his purpose. Otherwise, he's always going to be anxious. He's always going to be nervous. And that Bonnie, although great, is not his Andy. Um, mm-hmm. And he's already fulfilled his toy's purpose. And so he still doesn't have a purpose that sits right with him because Bonnie doesn't need him. He needs Jesse, which is a good female role model toy for her mm-hmm. that Woody doesn't play into. Um, and so that's why I think in terms of like, if you look at it, if you look at the films from that thread, you could see how each movie builds. And even though it's, we don't need maybe yeah. two, three, and four, you can see how it works if you look at it from Woody's story and Woody's story alone. I disagree with you slightly in that I think we do need movies two, three, and four. Um, I'm very glad that they made every single movie that they made because I do especially appreciate seeing the way that life changes for these different toys. And I want to point out that, like, in vain with what you were saying, Gabby Gabby who is technically the villain of Toy Story 4, is trying Mm -hmm. to steal Woody's voice box because she was supposed to have a voice box and it's always been broken. And so she's never had someone that loved her because she was a broken toy. Um, Mm -hmm. Woody ends up just giving her his voice box and she gets to introduce herself to the kid that she has always thought was her saving grace. And the kid does not want her. Um, and so her, the purpose in her life also gets drastically changed throughout this movie. And she's not actually a villain. Um, mm-hmm. 
in this movie. And I, that's the other, something else that I love about Toy Story 4 is that there's not an actual villain in it. It's just people trying to find out what they're supposed to do with their lives or toys trying to find out what they're supposed to do with their lives. Um, and I just, I, I think all three, all four stories were very important stories for very different reasons. So I'm very glad that there have been four of them. For sure. All right. So the biggest question on everyone's mind, Buzz or Woody? This is interesting to me because when I was growing up, I had all male cousins um, and all of, and I had a brother and I was just, I was surrounded by males and all of those males loved Buzz. And so I always just thought that nobody liked Woody, everybody just liked Buzz. And so I always felt like I was the odd man out because I will straight up go out here and say that Woody is my favorite. Um, But you said your experience was the opposite. Yeah, most of the people I know in my life were huge Woody fans. Not that they didn't like Buzz. I think they liked both. But I think I think even though the first film, Woody is jealous and does things that are not so great in the name of that jealousy, although made worse by Buzz not knowing he's a toy, um, <laughs> he, he, he is the heart of the story. I mean, I think there's a reason, like I said, I, I, like in terms of like the theme of all four movies, the theme is Woody trying to find his place. And all the other characters are also trying to find their own place, too. Mm-hmm. Woody's the one who drives the, the plot a lot of the time, right. most of the time. And so most of the people that I know were, were huge Woody fans, massive ones. So once you told me that, I decided to do a poll on my Instagram. And so I just did multiple choice question, Woody or Buzz. And I got um, from my followers, 31% thought Buzz was the best, but 67% thought Woody was the best. So I'd say that's a landslide. I think so too. Uh, Woody wins by a landslide. And not to be that person, but... Buzz and Woody together, it's better. Because <laughs> I really do like, I really do like the dynamic between Buzz and Woody, and and I think they both play their own. There, there's a reason those two characters are the way that they are. Um, Here's the funny thing, though. Like you say that, but in reality, in most of the movies, there's very little time when they're actually working together. I suppose in that is Toy true. Toy Story 1, they're against each other. In Toy Story 2, they're separated. So it's like the two different plot lines that you're following. But it's Toy like the Story two 3, different pretty plot. much the same thing. They're, they're two different is, approaches yeah. to the world. And I think that's it's the yin and the yang. It is supposed to exist for a reason. In both sides of it. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, Did you answer the question? Did you answer the question for yourself? Yeah, I, w- I would pick Woody over Buzz, but I would okay. also just say them together. Yeah, that person, okay. It's fine. It's fine. I'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so you said that Woody is your favorite character. Um, do you have any others? Woody is my favorite character. My other favorite characters 
will have to be Bo Peep, but I will admit that I did not particularly care for Bo Peep much until the fourth movie. The fourth movie completely turned her character on its head, and I love her. I can't not love her. If she had been in all four that same way, I probably would have picked her as my absolute favorite over even Woody. Um, I I also want to give a mad... Yeah, I also want to give a mad shout-out, though, to Barbie in Toy Story 3, because, yes, she is so annoying when she meets Ken. But once she finds out what's going on, the girl gets stuff done. She is not afraid to go... To kick him in the balls, honestly. To kick him where it hurts. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that in a girl. And I just, I, I thought Barbie in Toy Story 3 was awesome. So, surprising pick probably for me. Hey, uh, girls who kick balls are important. Um, <laughs> I think so. I think for me, Woody is hands down my favorite favorite. I probably, it's it was hard for me to even think of a secondary because I I just see a lot of my worries in Woody. Woody is such a relatable character. Um, Mm -hmm. And he, in his sense of loyalty, I really respect because I pride myself in being a very loyal person. And I feel like the dogmatic way in which he approaches his loyalty, I think matches mine, or at least I would like to say it's mine. Um, and I then, can see that. I'll give you that. She agrees with me. Okay. Um, and then I agree with Where? you. Bo, Bo Peep in Toy Story 4, her just being a survivalist badass is just it, it's fun to see. Because <laughs> that's what she is. Dude, She's a yeah. survivalist badass. Yeah, um, 100% we, she is awesome. We also reached out to... Um, Lots of listeners to determine which who your favorite character is. Um, a lot of you showed some love for a lot of the side characters or the characters that make up the gang. So one person says, favorite character is hard. I have a few. Ham the pig, Slinky Dog, and the T-Wex. <clears throat> and then there was also a shout out for Slink. Um, another person Ooh, that says, was the lots- second one. So double shout out for Slink. Yeah. And I like this one, this next one, who gave a shout-out to a villain, which is Lotso. Um, so she says that he's a flawed character who evolves. He looks fluffy on the outside, but there's a hell of a lot going on there. I agree. Lotso is a psychological, like, <laughs> like, mine of goodness, meaning there's so many things to unpack about his story, about how he was lost and how he handled being lost in such mm-hmm. a different way than Bo Peep, who we learn about later. So, like, well, the, in terms of... In, yeah, the interesting thing about Lasso is that he was lost and made his way back only to find that he had been replaced. So they had bought an identical toy. Mm-hmm. And the little girl was now playing with that identical toy, just assuming it was the same, which is a thing that people do. There's a For different sure. thing there, but the the villains overall, I think there's a lot that you could talk about with just the Toy Story villains, even including Gabby Gabby on that list. There's a whole, they're very dynamic characters, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another person also gave a shout out to to Bo, uh, Bo, and how awesome she was in that one. Um, 
meaning Toy Story 4. She's always awesome, but they gave her a lot more time, and I adore her. Normally, I would be annoyed. She needed a boyfriend, but Woody is all right with me. And in my in my opinion, he didn't save her. She saved him, which is not usually the case. I agree with this person, only I'm going to make it even more forceful and say it's not my opinion. It's just fact that Bo Peep saved Woody. Um <laughs> And that one of the things that I really like about that storyline, and I am a huge shipper for Woody and Bo Peep, which I think we decided we were going to call Bodie because that's the only way that their names work together. Um, and the reason why is because, I mean, like you said, normally you don't want the strong girl ending up with the guy because the way it usually gets written is really crappy. But in this movie, the way it was written was not crappy. The way it was written is that Bo Peep is a true feminist who knows what she wants out of life. And if Woody sits there, then great. But if that's not what he wants out of life, then bye. And she tells him that yes. pretty point blank multiple times throughout that movie in the flashback and in the current time that they're in numerous times. She's basically like, look, I do love you. I do appreciate you. I want you in my life, but this is where I want to go with my life. And if that doesn't fit what you're wanting, then we don't work. And that makes me sad, but I'm moving on. For and sure. I am I just, Bo Peep is just a true feminist, man. I just love it. <laughs> no, I agree. And I was always worried that he, she was going to be like, oh, I will follow you, but she didn't do that, which is great. And I think Woody, mm-hmm. and even in terms of like, I don't, think Woody only went to with Bo Peep because of Bo Peep I think he was tired I think he was exhausted I think he he was unsettled and I just remember just being like good for good for Woody it's like his retirement Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like he's he's been worried about so many things and we never get to see unselfish people do a really healthy selfish thing and I think it was good for our generation it was more for the adults than the kids um, I think it's good for our generation to have seen him make that decision to choose his own yeah. mental over the need to go to Bonnie who really didn't need him and mm-hmm. that's okay. To do what he always yeah. thought he needed to do or what it was always expected of him to do or what was his calling as a toy. He made, yeah, he made a selfish decision that was healthy because selfish isn't always bad. Exactly. Um, as for least favorite characters, I have to say my least favorite characters are the dummy twins from the fourth film. What are they called? The Bensons? The Bensons, yeah. I hate them. They creep They're me out. <laughs> and I would say Sid because he's a sociopath. Mm-hmm. In the way that he so experiments arguably, on. Arguably, he might become a better person based on the cameo in Toy Story 4 where he's a trash guy. But we don't know for sure. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. The Benson twins and Sid, because they both scared the crap out of me. Yeah. So, I mean, I see your points with both of those. I would say my least favorite 
character overall is Al, who is the man who steals Woody and tries to sell him in Toy Story 2 because he does not do a single thing. I talked about how the villains are really interesting and how they have different sides of them, but you don't really see that other side of Al. You basically just see him as a money-grubbing sleazebag. And so I'm just, I'm not interested in him. But going back to, like, characters who are in all the movies, I do not like Mr. Potato Head. I'm sorry. No one said Mr. Potato Head was their favorite, so maybe I'm okay with this. Um, But he's just, like, he's always just out to, like, think the worst and just, like, get at Woody. And, like, he does a bunch of terrible crap to Woody, and they wouldn't honestly have been in the situations they were in if he would have listened sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but I do get tired of the stupid buzz gimmick. And so I had to put him on that list because I just get really, I mean, they even recycled it in Toy Story 2 with a completely new Buzz Lightyear because, I don't know, I guess they thought the, like, Buzz not thinking he's a toy is really funny, so let's have it in multiple movies. I didn't need Mm -hmm. it in multiple movies. (laughs) I just didn't need it. Makes sense. All right, in terms of the ranking of the movies, Megan, you did an Insta poll. Um, What was the result for that one? So the majority of people, I unfortunately was not able to see the exact numbers after the poll ended, so I'm sorry I don't have that. But um, the majority of people, I think over 50%, said Toy Story 1 was the best. Mm -hmm. And then following that, Um, Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4, not too much of a big difference in between those two, but by far the least favorite was Toy Story 2, which I can't disagree with. I agree, because my ranking, if I had to rank it, it would be Toy Story 1 would be my favorite, um, just because it's the one that started it all, and it's the one that I've seen the most. It's, 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 It's easy to watch. Um, four would be my second one, and I think the reason why I put four in my second one is because I just think just where I am in my life right now, I can relate to it in terms of, like, because when I started, when I turned 28, that was the year that I decided I need to start doing some more selfish things. Um, yeah. Because when you overextend yourself, you end up not helping anyone. And so just to see a very loyal character who I respected and loved for all of these years make that kind of same decision made me really emotional. I'm not going to lie. It was like, yeah. And realized that you could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I would go with three just because I think the closure, especially that last scene with Andy playing with Bonnie. Yeah. It was just a very poetic, I think, film. And then I would say two would be my least. I disagree with you very little because I would also say, you know, one, a classic, it's got to be high on the list. Um, Three, I did really appreciate three coming out even so many years later because it did give great closure that, I mean, I guess was closure for some, but not closure for all, which is an interesting concept as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, my least favorite, just because, I mean, it definitely had its interesting parts, and there's not a lot that I dislike about it. I just found more, I guess, more of myself in the other movies. But I have an unpopular opinion. I mean, I think it's an unpopular opinion that four is the best. Um, 
And I want to preface this by saying that last year when Toy Story 4 came out, I believe it came out in the summer, I think May or June. Um, and I had just shortly before that made the decision to move across the country away from my family for the first time um, and start a completely new situation in my life, a completely new part of my life. And so going into four, I never would have expected going into four that it was about what it was going to end up being about. Um, Cause I, even the trailers, I don't feel like really played into what it ended up being about, but mm-hmm. I agree with you that seeing someone who I did have respect for in Woody, who had all of the qualities I mean, bad qualities too, but all the qualities that like you do want to have in your life for the people that you care about, um, that loyalty, that respect, that love, that leadership that Woody always showed, you do respect him and you do care about him. And then like, like you said, seeing him make a decision that was so similar to the decision that I was making in my life at that point. Yeah. Um, it felt so good for him. It just felt so good. So, like I said, three gave you closure, yes. But I do honestly feel like four gave me more closure. Mm, on a personal because, level, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, and because not everybody has the same story. And so I don't think everybody needs to fit into that same story. And so seeing the toys make different decisions gave you the permission to not just do what everybody else is doing. Yeah, but to do what you need to do for you. Makes sense. Um, now, in terms of the feedback that listeners gave, lots of love for movie one, I have to say. Uh, for movie four, it seemed like it was a mix. So either people really, really loved it, like it was in the second place, or it was towards the not so, depending on where people are coming from, and maybe the reasons for why you like Toy Story. Um, mm-hmm. So lots of like nothing beats the first one. Um also, my favorite is the first for nostalgia's sake and the last, although they didn't give an explanation. Um, but maybe probably a little nostalgia for the last one, too. Uh, my favorite that movie is most likely Toy the... Yeah, sorry. The last, that was also the Bo Peep comment because of how awesome Bo Peep was. Yeah. Uh, my favorite movie is most likely Toy Story 2, only because Andy's still a child and most of his toys are still around. It still gives that sense of wonder the near cult following of Woody is a fantastic scene. So again, I think it's the reason, I think a lot of times what our favorite is, is really the lens in which we're looking at the stories and the reasons why we're watching stories. So if you're watching the stories for comfort and that kind of wonder, then it makes sense that that, that movie three and four might not be your cup of tea. Um, I never saw four. Didn't like three that much except for the claw. Two was okay, but I saw the first one 10,000 times. And you know what? There are some people who are totally content with the first one. <laughs> and I and totally okay. I'm not one of them, but that's I'm not one of them, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and then the next one kind of explains why they don't necessarily like. Toy Story 4. Um, so felt the entire structure and saga of the first three revolved around the introduction of different people that could still form a community with the example being toys and the community being one household. They were all different. They had different manufacturers and they came from different sources and were bought at different times, but they all looked out for each other 
and they all were a family and no one got left behind. My issue with the fourth one was that they already had a great conclusion with the third one, and I felt the fourth one destroyed the legacy of the first three. It broke up the band. It showed that being disgraced is okay, but it also showed that being by yourself and not having that community is not having the support of your friends was the new normal. The positive part of it was that it's okay to be different and everyone is different, so therefore we all have the same struggles in life, but the first one was more, hey, we're all different, so therefore we make a community, when the fourth one was, hey, I'm different, therefore we all have to choose our own paths. If you want to come with me, that's cool, but I'm different, so I'm going to choose that path. Um, I have a couple things to say, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'll hand it over to Megan. Um, okay. I do have to say that I get point of view if the thing that you liked about Toy Story was the original band of characters and that sense of community and always staying the same, meaning having that anxiety of like, oh, things are going to be different. And this, let's keep adding more toys to the story. Andy and Bonnie will play with all the things. Um, but in my head, after movie three, if movie four didn't exist, I wasn't thinking that all the toys were going to stay together forever. Um, just because that's not how things are. Like, I mean, even like just looking at my life, I've had a lot of really good friends, whether it's middle school or high school or college or um, multiple jobs that I've had. And I still keep in touch with a lot of them, but the interactions are different because situations had changed because I had to take a new job or I had to move or I had to go to college. Um, And that relationships do change. They don't always stay the same. And I don't think going your own way is being left behind. And that's what I kind of liked about the movie four is because I think it puts that script of anxiety of, of what it means to be lost or what it means to be donated. Um, And paints the picture of it's not always bad. It's how you make it out to be. It's whether you chose it or whether you were able to be self-sufficient or be resilient or be resourceful. And that when you have those things, no matter how your life changes, you can make it work for you. And sometimes you can try to fight to make something work because it's the thing that you've always known. And it actually is the least healthy thing for you because you're trying to control something that's changing. And so that's kind of, so for me, like I did like the, the band of characters, but it wasn't necessarily the band of characters that really got me into it. But if you were into that, I could totally see why doc, the movie four would be a letdown because it does script. It does flip the script. It does change the messaging that you were getting in the first couple of movies anyway. Um, and it does break up the band, but I think that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Yeah, I I agree with almost 100% of the things that you said, while also disagreeing with almost 100% of the things in the comments. And, like, I totally understand that, yes, it was completely different it did introduce new characters, which maybe you weren't prepared for. Maybe you didn't want to be introduced to new characters. You just wanted more of the old characters. Um, 
But I think that it's just, okay, I'm going to start at the very beginning because I think that there are also some problematic things that you can take from Toy Story if you wanted to. Um, and I want to just point them out as well and why I enjoy Toy Story 4 changing it. Because in Toy Story 1, a lot of the problem stems around Buzz not thinking that he's a toy um, and the shifting dynamics from the different toys. And it got better when Buzz accepted what he was. And Buzz and Woody both went back into what they were and Woody realized that he was still important and it went back as close to the same as it could have possibly gotten um, before it had all been shifted. And then you've got Toy Story 2, which had Woody having to decide between, you know, going on to be at the museum and do all those different things with those different toys and accept his personal relationships and journeys outside of the group um, and how he seemed willing to do that, but then didn't and went back to things being the same as they were before, except there's more people in the group now, again. Um, and then Toy Story 3, almost exactly the same thing in that they get donated even accidentally because they were accidentally donated. Andy didn't mean to originally donate them. Woody is going to stay with Andy, but he goes to bring the toys back. The toys are like, no, we don't want to go back. This is where we're going to be now. Things can change. It's totally fine that things change. But then by the end of the movie, they all went back to Andy because they were not actually okay with the changes. And yes, he did donate them to Bonnie, but in donating to them to Bonnie, it just recreated the same situation that they had been in with Andy, with a different person. Mm-hmm. And so in the long run, all of the movies end up just adding more characters to the family. And that is not how life goes. Sometimes it's not just more people coming in, but some people also go out. And the other films, even though like it did talk about Bo Peep leaving, Bo Peep was the only character from the first and second movies that weren't that wasn't in the third one. And they barely mm-hmm. even mentioned her. They didn't talk yeah. about what happens when people leave and change. And yeah. People do leave think, and change. And things need to be do. different. And so I Super appreciate that about Toy Story 4, and that was the whole point of Toy Story 4, because that's the whole point of a lot of people's lives. And I think that right. saying it destroyed the legacy because you realize that people needed to change is a little bit of a strong statement. But I also understand it, too, because, again, a lot of people don't watch movies because it resembles the hardship and, and the realities of life, too. So it depends on why. So, like, if you... If you watch the movies because of that idea of everything can be absorbed, like, you know what I mean? Like, we can all go back to that sense of normal and just bring these new people, these new friends um, along for the ride. Then I can understand why you wouldn't like number three and number four and why that would be uh, have a sense of destroying the legacy in your mind. Because that's the main thing that you took from the movies and that's going to be the main thing that resonates um, and I always look for, in terms of like, I watch things and read things to understand my life better. And so I always go into that mindset, but not everyone wants that. They want something else. They want a better than real life kind of a story. And I also understand that if you don't, if, if you're not just 
Woody centric that you're that you like the band the characters why movie four would be a, would have been disappointing was because you didn't get a lot of time with those characters that you loved and the dynamics between them um, and that the world that you pictured in your head that season uh, that movie three gave you is not is now debunked right so I I, I get uh-huh. the feeling even though I disagree with the even if I disagree with with it. And it, and it might just because psychologically, movie four made me feel really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like about some of the choices that I've made over the last few years. So we're all coming at it from different angles. Um, and I think that's that's why Toy Story and Harry Potter and all of those kinds of things is such a great, great stories because I do think that people can take different things from it. Um, so for sure. All right. I just want to. I have to. It. Sorry. I have to end it and just say that it's not bad to be different and choose a different path. The end. Okay. Um, but I want to get to some other comments uh, about what they had to say about why they love the story overall. Because I feel like that's a good place to end. Um, so one viewer, one listener said, "Nailed it." Talked about how we all gave our toys life as kids. They weren't just pieces of plastic. They were characters with their own personalities for us, even at a young age. They helped us learn about the world and grow up in a lot of ways. And I think that's even showcasing even in the stories that the Toy Story movies told is that toys without animated do does teach you lessons about life and then with it teaches you even more. Um, Toy Story sparks imagination that what if uh, moments when I was a kid I always played with my toys like they were alive as such I love the personalities of the toys nostalgia to these movies really uh, because there are four of them they continue to the story from 95 all the way until last year I was nine when they came out so 14 years later all the toys are older the children are older we all feel that we've grown up with them our hearts hurt when we see them sad these are our friends. We cry for them. We laugh with them. And when the movies end, we wonder about them. I would agree with that 100%. I, I absolutely love that, especially, like, the last little parts about growing with them, crying, laughing, even wondering about them at the end. Um, and I think that's especially important because I think that Toy Story actually played into that. And that mm-hmm. I would probably say that three and four pandered more to adults than to kids. Um, I would agree. Great kids' movies. But I think that they wanted to grow up with us because I feel like as the movies went on, the problems became more important to us, more personal to us. These people were not just like characters anymore, but they were our friends. We saw ourselves in them. We saw the different types of relationships and how people struggled and how the toys dealt with that and were able to apply that to our lives. And so I guess maybe I can see the point of like maybe not liking them because you just wanted to escape and not deal with reality. Um, But the reality is that they dealt with a lot of serious real things. And I think that's why we love them so much. For sure. And like the idea of like, Woody going away is like similar to like getting married or moving away or having your own family. Um, Uh You know, and and a lot of us millennials who watch this in 95, that's kind of where we are right now, whether it's 
moving away, starting a new job, getting married, or starting a new chapter in our life. Um, and I think that's what they were going for. So yeah, if you wanted the real, the the original feel, it definitely wasn't there for three and four. Um, I then I like this one. Uh, learn how to fly like Buzz. I think this is it's a super simple comment, but it's super important to think about because I think what they're referring to is the whole little line in Toy Story 1 where Buzz isn't flying, he's falling with style. And how that goes from that line being an insult to Buzz and not realizing what he's actually doing because he is a toy instead of a space ranger. But then at the end, Buzz says it of himself because Buzz's perception of himself has shifted a little bit in that first movie. But yep. just because it wasn't what he originally thought doesn't mean that it's not good enough. Um, exactly. And he's and such I an think optimist. that is really important. Yeah. What did you say? Um, I said he's such an optimistic. So, like, yeah. you know, like the Woody, the Woody versus Buzz dynamic, Woody is more anxious and worries, worries a lot. Yeah. And Buzz yeah. is more of a, I'm probably more of a Buzz. Um, is more of a uh, kind of you go with the flow, optimistic, <laughs> uh, optimistic. I am not I'm a not buzz. <laughs> I'm a ninja kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. I do it all the time. When I, I, when I fall down my stairs, I always say that. I'm a ninja. Yeah. I am not a buzz. I am a witty through and through. <laughs> um, and the next comment, I think people love them because we can relate to our toys being alive because when we were little, we pretended they were um, this is why stuffed, stuffies and toys can be such comfort items. They tap into what we need at the moment, and as kids, we have permission to add those traits to inanimate objects, which is a wonderful coping skill, to be honest. It is. Imagination teaches you so much. Um, you actually in addition pointed to- this out. No, I want to talk about this one. You actually pointed that out as we were watching it, in that is it possible that Andy put feelings onto Woody because of mm-hmm. his dad's death, which we don't know his dad died. They could have been divorced, um, but it seems that his dad was not around in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and either whether that was divorced or he left or he died, um, you brought up the fact that Andy might have put all of that onto Woody, and that's a super real thing that we do with our toys, too, that this comment points out, and I like that. You too. We put our anxieties. is why it becomes your security blanket so to speak, a lot of people who mm-hmm. lose people, they do put it onto their toys. True. And we um, transfer that also... into other things as adults. It's true. Food. Whether we like play um, instruments or we cook or whatever, yeah. Emotional eating. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever works, man. In addition to being able to relate to the idea of our toys talking, I think that it validates our wishes of our toys talking and loving us as much as we love them. It's true. I think they also just had a great cast and writing that developed strong personalities and relationships between the characters. I agree. I would like to think that Conky loves me. He keeps going back to Conky. That was a big deal for you. This goes into um, what I said, though, with them having the same people following all four stories, but it really does, it doesn't, there's not a moment that takes away from the magic of these characters. You really believe them to be 
thinking they are. And for, to be honest, you will love this, Megan. I'm going to psychoanalyze Conky. So Conky okay. was my brother's toy, too. So he's oh. been around for a really long And my brother went to go play soccer in Holland when I was, like, five or six. And I missed him. And so Conky became even more important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. There you go. Boys, that man. makes sense now. Layers. Uh, <laughs> and the last comment for the day, um, as a parent, uh, it's great because your kid gets to fall in love with your old toys. I had a doll that had a pool string like Woody along with most of the other minor character toys. Buzz is so endearingly stupid until he learns he's a toy. Then we feel so bad for him. That's good writing right there. Also, it helps when you buy your little girl a Buzz Lightyear and she holds him earnestly, I love that word, in her lap and tells him over and over, it's okay, Buzz, you can talk. I looked at her little face in the rear view all the way home, wondering if it was going to make her sad when he refused to trust her. <laughs> um, it's true. There's something about toys. It just resonates hard. It, and the Toy Story world in general is our childhood meeting our adulthood and learning how to cope with it. And clearly, sure. I mean, that's why we have different opinions, because people have different opinions on how to cope with adulthood. And so they have different opinions on their Toy Story movies, because that's what it's about. Yeah, and also there's just different ways of looking at certain things, for sure. All right. I think that is it. Is there any closing statements that you have? I don't know why I'm saying that. It's not like you're a lawyer and this is a trial. Um, yes, I just want you to keep in mind that Woody is the best character and Buzz <laughs> is a toy. Um, and I think um, we have proved that in this statement. <laughs> Apparently it was a lawyer, that she is a lawyer and this was a trial and I was completely unaware. <laughs> that you were supposed to win something. We needed a judge. Um, I prefer to be judge, jury, and executioner. You definitely would. All right, so that is all the time we have today. Um, We will be back for a show about books and TV. We're talking about comedy sitcoms on Monday, uh, 30 uh, Pacific time, 8.30 Eastern time. Um, thank you, Megan, for joining and for giving your insights on the Toy Story world. You are welcome. You are welcome. And the rest of you, have a great weekend. Think about your favorite toys. Give yourself permission to make take risks. And realize that sometimes things change. And it's going to be okay because you can survive it, just like we all do. All right. Bye.